we're back with you today, and we are talking about now I have vision. Now what? <laughs> have you ever felt like you've received something from the Lord, an instruction, a vision for your life, and then it's, okay, super great. That's, it's going to happen. What do, what do I do with it? We're going to talk about that today. But as you're hopping on, comment, yeah. tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that way Pastor can say hi to you. He hasn't been on yet, and he wants to say hi. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> awesome. I just nailed that table with my knee. It felt great. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. We had a really, really funny moment, and we need to put the clip in uh, at some point. A, a few weeks ago when Kevin uh, Buck walked in front of the camera, but he didn't actually walk in front of the camera. So if you watch the beginning of that episode, it's in the first minute. Um, you see me looking, I'm looking down at the screen, and all of a sudden I'm like, what? And I look up to see, and uh, it's really a funny face. So, <laughs> did you see that? Mm-mm. Oh, it's really funny. It, it looks, because what happened, we had the green screen still on. And so we're sitting here on this set, which is not the green screen set. And so all of a sudden, I'm looking on this, and I see Kevin walk right in front of us. I'm like, <laughs> he didn't walk in front of us, but we had the green screen on. What's exciting so, is that these moments, particularly that involve Kevin, he loves so much when we talk about them. So, this, yeah. like, I'm watching his face of, oh, good. That I was that was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite um, favorite moments that's happened on Lunch Plus. But if you see my face on it, it's really funny. We have to put a a link to it so you can see it. I but, thought you were talking about the video that you showed me right before we went live. No, like, we have that ready to go. That was that's a very important use of time that I just handled this morning. (laughs) Did Kevin, did you see it yet? You should airdrop it to Buddy and and they can put it in the computer. I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I made a a little thing this morning. Pastor Nicole said that uh, they and the pastors and the Hurlburts quite enjoyed this on replay. So they apparently watched the replay of Kevin accidentally being on the screen. (laughs) Abby says it was hilarious. Jade says that she is eating tomato tortellini soup at her desk. Happy to be here. I There's been so much talk about food today, guys, that I am very much looking forward to supper. <laughs> like, um, Also, supper, dinner, I think that's regional. The meal at the end of the day, that one. But yeah. Awesome. I'm trying then, to airdrop this to Buddy. but Buddy, accept it. There it goes. Okay. It's because I used the force. You have to, you you have to, I saw that. That was very good. You have to use volume. We found this to be true at my house whenever we get it. So, Are you wanting to do it before the word? Or? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little concerned. Like, It might throw the whole broadcast. So, so. maybe at the end, like we did with Die Hard? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Pastor Nicole says the video clip was great. Um, and Johnny is here. Kevin Nowicki is here. Yeah. Yes. All of our people are here today, guys. Good job being on. And then Pastor Nicole says, supper is super. And Hannah saw me use the force. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Hannah's my girl. I love her. I'm really noticing my, my naked face I, today. I'm not going to lie. Like, when you sat down, I'm still expecting there to be facial hair. And I look over, <laughs> and it's just bloop, all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Ordinarily, it doesn't throw me as much when you, like, shave or grow it out. But this time, it for sure has. Probably because I've looked at you more on camera than ever before. Yeah, it's different. I don't know if it's the color of this shirt or what, but it's bringing it out. (laughs) Does this shirt make my face look more naked? (laughs) 
wasn't prepared for that question. I think that's a good question. <laughs> oh, Melanda. <laughs> oh, yeah, ending that one segment with Die Hard was the best ever. So, you know, y'all are here to actually hear about vision and what to do with it, not, uh, you know. We're going in. Yeah, awesome. So <laughs> here's what I've found. A lot of times the Lord will give people vision, and I've watched many, many, many people uh, Kevin Newick. Uh, I've watched many people actually miss uh, the will of God in their yeah. life or have a lower uh, manifestation or a lower harvest because of this. In other words, they have not, uh, they've not actually fulfilled everything that they could because they will take vision and do the wrong thing with it. Mm -hmm. And so part of what we're looking at is, okay, now that we have vision, now what? What do we do with that? Yeah. How do we apply it? And uh, one of the most important things that I've found is in Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2. And so let's, let's take a look at that. Psalms 127. Oh, so close. Verse 1 and 2. Went too far. Got to go back. It's right there. I know. I'm going. <laughs> Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. He gives to his beloved even in his sleep. So one of the things that you see is that a lot of people will work in vanity even in ministry. Yeah. They're in vanity. Um, so many times, what would put us in vanity? What would put us in vanity according or in pride according to these verses is, one, that we will think that it all depends on us. Right. Right. And so we work like it all depends on us. Um, it doesn't. And we're, we are supposed to work hard, but when we're getting up early, going to bed late, and that is the source, then the issue is, it goes back to verse 1, we are trying to build the house, not God. Mm -hmm. And a key is that God must build the house. God must build the house. And uh, if God doesn't build the house, then we're in vanity. We're, we're in pride. And so a lot of times what happens that I've found is a lot of ministers will have vision for what they're called to do. Yeah. Uh, but they assume, and here's the thing, they make an assumption that as soon as I have vision, I should start on it right now. And if you go back to how to be led, when we were talking about how to be led uh, by the Spirit of God, which maybe we can put that link up as well. Uh, when we go back to, to that, one of the things that you'll see is that uh, you have to know the what mm -hmm. and the when. You have to know the what and the when. So if you can look up uh, the wedding at Cana scriptures um, where he says, my time has not yet come. One of the things that's very important is that there's a timing. So for instance, I knew when I was 9, 10, 11 that I was called to minister. And by I would say by 11, I had a good idea that I was called to pastor, right? But I didn't actually start pastoring until 2009. Right. So we're talking about, uh, let's see, I was 36 when I started pastoring. Uh, so I went from 11 to 36. You know, so you're talking about 25 years yeah. 
that I had a promise and a vision, but I didn't pastor until then. So I had 25 years worth of vision without actually moving on it. Now, there were things to do to bring that vision to pass, but there's a timing of it. And a lot of people, what they do, as soon as they have vision, uh, they think it's there to move, move on it. And so we actually have a teaching that I've done before where you'll actually see that when we come up out of the ground with something, now all of a sudden you have maintenance on it. And if you come up out of the ground in the building of your house or the building of your ministry or the building of your uh, you know, occupation or anything like that, you can limit yourself completely in the future if you're not willing to tear it down, right. if it's not of God. And so many, many, many times people will start to manifest that vision ahead of time. And when they do that, they completely limit their future, yeah. which means they not only limit their future, they limit their destiny, which means they also limit their eternity because they're awarded and rewarded for what they do that is according to God's word, not according to what they think or what everybody else says is good. What did God specifically tell them to do? That's what stands. That's what remains. And so you see in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, that even though I give all my possessions to the poor, I give my body to be burned. In other words, I can do all this stuff in the name of God, but if I have not love, which means he didn't command me, It profits me nothing. And so many times people will have vision, uh, but the issue is they won't actually uh, move to the place of love where they've heard from the Lord what to do and when to do that. So Jesus actually shows us this. You know, Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knows who he was. He knows what the plan of God is. And I want you to see a statement that he made here when he performed his first miracle. Now, at this point... He was baptized in the river. He fulfilled all righteousness. The Holy Ghost, God speaks from heaven. This is my beloved son. The Holy Ghost comes down on him. He goes out into the wilderness fast, prays and fast for 40 days, tempted by the devil, beats the devil back. Then he's at this wedding. And this is his very first miracle. So read that one verse there where it talks about. So um, I'm going to start in verse 3. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. Yeah. So Jesus himself says, my hour has not yet come. And so Jesus recognized, Jesus had a vision, but he recognized the time for the fulfilling fully of that vision was not right now. Right. And so I've watched so many ministers, and there's a, there's a teaching out there, and I understand the teaching, but it says, look, time is short. We don't have time to waste. You need to get about it, right? And that is true. It is true. We don't need to waste time. The issue is we are wasting time if God has not told us that now is the time for that. Mm-hmm. So if I've got this vision, but on the timeline of my life, God wants that to be five years from now, and I start trying to bring that vision into now, I'm wasting time. Yeah. I'm actually doing the very thing I don't want to do. And that's what most people do. I'm, I've wasted too much time already. And what they really are is they are in fear of short time. Now, at the same time, if God says, here's your vision and this is it now, then you're wasting time if you don't jump on it. 
but you must understand the timing of God. And most people miss it, and they actually derail their future because they don't understand timing. Yeah. Well, when I moved here, uh, one of the things that you and Pastor Nicole talked about often from the pulpit that really marked me was, you know, boomerang for all for all intents and purposes, looking yeah. at it visually, when I moved here, looked like a small ministry. We were in a small build, like a smaller building, still a step up from where we had been. Yeah. Um, smaller than where we're at now. We had like a handful of people, like we didn't have a ton there visually that I could see. But what you and Pastor Nicole always said was that you would prefer to not be a flash in the pan, yeah. but you would prefer for the Lord to establish a foundation and yeah. not despising the days of foundation living or, or laying. Because the bigger the foundation is, yeah. the higher God can build upon it. So if it's something where the Lord's giving you vision for it, asking the Lord, when am I supposed to do this yeah. is important because it could be that the Lord's giving you vision and you just need to pray for the next three years to pave a way for it like, yeah. and ask the Lord to prepare you. Because when God gives vision, a lot of times it's bigger than where you're at. That's right. Like it's bigger than what you're capable of doing right then and there. And if you were to try to start it, Barrett, like if Barrett, were, if I were to try and start what the Lord has shown me thus far, I wouldn't be able to do it because yeah. I'm not fully where I'm going to be when the fullness happens. You know, there's, yeah. there's a timing to it. And if I start it early, even if it goes this high and I go early, the Lord wants it to be this high. Yeah. And he needs to, he needs to do some things too. Yeah. The word says, don't despise small beginnings. And we need, we have to understand that preparation time at the Lord's leading yeah. is never wasted time. Yeah. And I've watched uh, so many people miss this. And it's something that I've learned to trust is that if God hasn't told me to do something, then I don't need to do it. And it doesn't matter how much my emotions or how much the people around me are telling me to do it because a lot of people are actually, you know, pushing for things because, and watch this, because the world has taught them that yeah. they need to push for it, that they need to hustle for it. It's not because God said that in, on that specific issue. It's not that we don't need to work hard. We do need to work hard, and a lot of people have missed that element as well. They're in yeah. a ditch there. We do need to work hard, but we work hard at the Word of God. Yeah. The Word of God is what carries supernatural provision to make it happen. Yeah. And if it's not the Word of God, which means what to do and when to do it, then we're actually spinning our wheels, wasting our time. And, it, and the Word tells us and teaches us it profits us nothing. Yeah. It profits us nothing. Well, I want you to profit. I want you to profit the most. And so a lot of times we'll have vision, but we have to say, Lord, is this vision for now? Yeah. And so why would God give us vision? Why would He give us vision that He doesn't want to accomplish right now? Well, he gives you vision so you can see about it. Same thing that he did with Abraham in, in Genesis 13. He gave him vision of north, south, east, and west, but then he gave him another commandment to yeah. go and walk it and see what he actually had. Do we actually understand how full the vision is yeah. when we first see it? No. 
I've never had it where it's been like that. So what's needed when I don't fully understand it, like I can see it in the future. I've had multiple things the Lord has told me. And as I pray it out, I actually see the bigger picture of it. I see more details of it. And so he'll give us a vision so that we can start praying it. We can make the crooked path straight. We can can get the stuff out of the way. We can fill in the holes. We can make a smooth road to run on so that when he pulls the gun of that race on that vision, boom, we're ready. We're at the ready to jump. And we will actually be... kind of like slingshotted out of that instead of this slow thing that we would do at the wrong time. So we really need to make sure that we know what to do and when to do it because if we go too soon or we go too slow, then either way we're going to pull down the harvest of it. Yeah, well, you know, this this goes, I think we talked about this after we did the how to be led by the Spirit of God, but, you know, there's a difference. Our brain, when it gets vision, it'll try and go into a logical process. Like, I have vision, here's how I can make this happen. Yeah. But when it's the Lord and, you, and we allow the Lord to build the house, He shows us how to supernaturally do a thing that will save us so much time and it's, it's only him only he can get the glory for a vision that he's given to you if you allow him to flow through you in that way so yesterday what just came out to me was yesterday morning during prayer i was sharing with the people who came to 6 a.m prayer about how the brownsville revival started i was reading about it the other day and i didn't realize that david uh pastor david young cho prophesied the Brownsville revival in, I think it was the late 80s. Like he, the Lord in prayer, led him, led his fingers to trace a map and landed at Pensacola. And the Lord spoke and said, a revival will come seaside Pensacola and sweep through the nation, something to that extent. Well, that came years before the Brownsville revival happened. But when Pastor John Kilpatrick heard that message, you know, it'd be very easy for like, putting myself in that position. If I heard David, Pastor David Young Cho make that prophecy, revival's coming. You know, yeah. I'm going to go talk to the governmental leaders and I'm going to set up meetings and do all this stuff. And here's how we can make revival. And we're going to do soul winning crusades. And all, those things are fine. But what did the Lord tell them to do? Pray. Yeah. yeah. Pray. And they prayed for years years, three years, until one day on a Father's Day, the Lord came and touched a people. Yeah. And all of a sudden, buses were coming from Mont- from Quebec and, you know, up, up north. They were just everywhere, thousands of people waiting outside because when the vision yeah. came, he handled it properly. Yeah. He allowed the Lord to show him what to do. Pray for revival. Yeah. Create a culture in your church that will be able to sustain revival. A culture of prayer, a culture yeah. of, you know, that's that's what they did. But it was the foundation laying time. Well, and what would have happened if they would not have handled that vision properly yeah. and it was mishandled? You know, even for, forget about all the other great things that came out of that. Uh, revival, but one thing that came out of that revival is at Brownsville is where the Lord called me to preach. Yes. You know, I went, the first time I went, the first night that I'm there, Robert uh, Kayanja is speaking. He's the first one that spoke after Evangelist Steve Hill, and it was there that the Lord said to me in very distinct words, preach my word, son. 
Yeah. You know, preach my word, son. That's where he called me to preach. That's where he spoke to me about that. Well, this is one of those, you know, had they mishandled that vision, maybe I don't hear it on time. Yeah. You know, maybe that ministry is not even launched because it's done by impartation. At that same, that same visiting of the revival is where I got a hold of the tapes by David Hogan, Faith to Raise the Dead. That completely changed who I was. Yeah. It, I needed those tapes to pour into my life. I needed to hear preaching like that. You know, I needed to see some ministers that would, that would stand up for the power of God and stand up for the Holy Ghost. And uh, yeah, this is where Nicole received her prayer language in the Holy Spirit. And so it's it did so many things. That's yeah. just our personal testimonies. But what would have happened if somebody would have mishandled the vision? So what we're talking about is not something where you just need to jump in and go do something and be like, well, it's okay. If I miss it, I miss it. No. no. You need to handle vision properly. Vision is how God brings these things about through people. Yeah. Is And so we need to take that vision and handle it properly. So look at Jesus. Now, he was obedient to his mom and performed this miracle at Cana, but he, re he recognized, I have a vision from God. Try, stay on this main camera more, please. Um, I have a vision from God, right? Yeah. I have a vision from God, but I know there's a timing yeah. to it. I know there's a timing to it. I have a vision, but I know there's a timing to it. So uh, if Jesus recognized the timing, then we need to also pay attention to that and not just jump to it. I, Buddy said earlier, he said, you know, asking God for the when is one of the greatest revelations for me. I always assume that if you got the what, then the when is now. But he was, he was saying I was wrong, you know. Um, and, and that's one of the things that we've actually learned and grown in yeah. and I started the reason um, that I learned that was I was actually reading a book by uh, Bob Yandian called You Have a Ministry and Nicole and I were getting ready to go make some things happen and the Lord slowed me down. He showed me how precious life is, how much time there actually is on the earth and, and the Lord in an instant by reading that book took away the fear of yeah. lost time. And, and basically, the Lord made it very simple for me. He said, he said, all you have to do is hear what I want you to say, you know, hear what I want you to do, and do that when I tell you. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, push, 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 push. He said, just relax. I'll tell you what to do, when to do, how to do it. Mm -hmm. He said, just relax. And he really started leading me on that. I went, oh, praise God. This is much easier. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it is. He said, and, and he spoke to me, let me know, many ministers miss it because they're pressing into a vision that's not for this time. Yeah. They see the vision, but immaturity says, if I know what it is, it's always when. Yeah. It's not always when. And you see that multiple times. You know, the vision, didn't Elijah have a vision for Elisha when he threw the mantle on him? But that vision wasn't to take place until Elijah was gone. You know, he had a vision. Didn't Jesus have a vision for Peter? Yeah. But that, that vision didn't take place till Jesus was gone. You know, there's a vision there, but there's a timing of it where that thing is released. Could you imagine Peter being released too early? <laughs> 
It would have been a really fun book of oopsie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would have enjoyed reading that. <laughs> Paul would have been writing about Peter like, hey, guys, this is what you don't do. Don't do this. I would, my dear <laughs> beloved, I would like to apologize on account For my of... <laughs> brother Peter. Yeah, it would be a lot of apologies. Well, you know, what you're talking about, what it reminds me of is I used to lead the youth here at Boomerang. Like, it's something I did for years. It was the first position position that the Lord ever put me in here at the church. But in the last year, there's been a shift, and I don't lead the youth anymore. Paul leads the youth, and they've been doing phenomenal. Like, they're hungry. They're catching the fire of God. Like, they're doing great things. Yeah. Apparently, they have a, a chat thread that had over 600 messages that came out last night. I didn't know the six, I heard 300, so that's interesting. Go team. But... <laughs> But one, the reason I bring that up is because while I was in that place, the Lord gave me vision. Like I had vision for things that yeah. not mine, but the Lord would show me things that were to come. And I thought because I was there, okay, well, it's time to do youth rallies. It's time to have X, Y, Z happen. But what I was seeing was vision of what was to come. And while I was right. there, it was laying a foundation, establishing the foundation so that the next group, Paul yeah. and the team, can build upon it through the Lord. Yeah. And, that's that, and that's another part of it, too, is many times when we have vision. See, there's a couple of things that I've found our flesh always assumes. Yeah. Vision is now and vision is mine. Yep. And it's not always. No, and it wasn't. And that was one yeah. of the things that, you know, you shared with myself and Paul yeah. during the transition is the vision that I had seen, it wasn't for me. It was for the ministry, but it would still come yeah. to pass yeah. just because... It, just because the Lord was repositioning where I was didn't mean that it wouldn't be fulfilled. It just hadn't been what I needed to do. Yeah. And you see that with Solomon and King David. You know, King yeah. David had a vision to build the temple. Like he, he desired to do that for the Lord, but it wasn't his. And the Lord yes. told him, no, you're not to do that. But Solomon got to do it. Yeah. I'm, but I love what David does. He says, okay, Lord, I can't do this, yeah. but... Can I prepare it so it's yeah. ready to go? Yeah. Oh, what a heart, you know. In other words, a lot of times vision. See, a lot of times people want to be the one that whose name is attached to a supernatural vision mm -hmm. that's been manifested. Yeah. But what if it's not you? Yeah. What if you receive the vision for it so that you could impart it? Or you receive the vision like David did so that you can provide provision for it? Yeah. And, but we don't want that. See, our flesh doesn't want that. Our flesh wants to be the man. Our flesh wants to be the person. And that's where many times in the kingdom, the actual manifestation and the increase is lost yeah. because a person wants to grab it for themselves instead of, you know, um, this is something right now. I, there's a major minister and author that I know of. Major minister, major author. And literally right now, as he's coming to the end of his time on, on the earth, which, you know, he's still got years left, but he's, he's been doing it for a while, yeah. okay? He's literally going to ministers and saying, here's my book. I, I give you all of the rights to it. Yeah. Go put your name on it and republish it. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I give you complete rights to it. Who does that? Who does that? Yeah. Somebody who understands vision, somebody who understands the ongoing need 
to get the word out, whether it profits them or not, whether their name's on it or not, whether they get the proceeds from it or not. Who does that? Godly people do that. So a lot of times we have vision and we assume that it's ours. We assume that it's now. And a lot of times what we don't realize is that it is awesome, Hannah. Um, A lot of times what we don't realize is that we want to do it now because we want to be known. Yep. We want to have our name on it because we want the credit. We want to be seen. Yeah. We want the, you know, the high fives. We want the, you know, glory to God for what you're doing. That's a lot yeah. of times, and that's something in the flesh that we have not put on the altar. We've not even considered that. But truthfully, that's why. And so the Lord really challenged me. He said, why do you want to do this right now? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be done right now? I was like, He's like, I didn't tell you to do it right now. And I went, oh, okay. You know, now, I'm hungry. I, I get, if, if we're spinning our wheels, I, I can get bored. And I'm ready. You know, what's built into me is break new ground, do new things, do, you know, do the hard things that nobody wants to break into. That kind of, that's what's in me. I, I like doing something new. You know, behold, I do a new thing. I like that verse. All right. Um, that's why I need people that do well at maintenance because I'm not the greatest at it. I can break ground, but I don't clean up after myself very well. <laughs> That's why I was laughing because yeah. when I was hired on, I had a few job dis- like title yeah. descriptions, and one of them was WCU, wake cleaner upper. Yeah. My job was to come behind pastor. <laughs> I'll create a wake, but I need help keeping it cleaned up behind. Yeah, that's a, that is the truth. Yeah. And, and I recognize it, I, but that's, that's a gifting to break into new stuff. And, you know, a lot of people can start something, but they can't hold it. I, yeah. I could break into new things and hold that ground as part of that gifting. And so, but that makes me want to do things all the time and start new things. Yeah. And I've had to put that on pause at times because the Lord started ministering to me and said, you need to finish some things. In other words, complete it with excellence, which also, and he said, also, what I'm giving you is not just to be done today. Mm -hmm. You know, so I remember, you know, some of the things that we're stepping into now, the first time I saw them was in 2006. So it's now 2021. So 15 years ago, and I saw them now, and I didn't even talk about it. I still don't talk about a lot of that stuff. But I had vision in 2006, but I knew that wasn't wasn't the case. Um, When I became an adult, I started going after the Lord, and I knew immediately I'm I'm supposed to minister, and I'm probably supposed to pastor. Pastor was not really a question. I knew I had a pastor's heart. I knew I had that gifting. And um, I had people calling and saying, you ought to pastor this. Look at this church. And I would say, I would say, I haven't heard from the Lord yet. I knew there was a timing to it. One of the best things I ever did in my life was turn down pastoring before the time. Yeah. One of the best decisions, I would have hurt myself, my family, and I would have hurt people because I wasn't ready. Why? And how, how do I know I wasn't ready? God didn't tell me to. Yep. In other words, had I done it, I would have been building the house. I would, I would have thought that I was doing what the Lord told me, but it wasn't because I heard the what but not the when. Yeah. He didn't tell me, okay, now. 
when he gave me the okay now, everything changed. And even then, even then it didn't happen right then because of some other situations th with people. Yeah. And so that was another interesting moment. But uh, you have to know that God will give you vision so you can start praying it out. Yeah. So you can get prepared for it. So yeah. you can get it ready. Now, some people will put it off forever. You know, if you're, if you're talking about, I received a vision 40 years ago, I still need to jump on it. You're a little late. You know, that's probably a little late. God will give vision out that far, but it's not, it's not often. I mean, that's not, generally you'll have an idea before then, but um, I'm thinking about Moses. Moses actually had vision for setting his people free 40 years before that. Uh, and then God had to catch him up. You know, hey, you're the man called to set Israel free from Egypt. And so he, you know, appears in the burning bush and he, he gives them new vision. And, yeah. and here's basically, so think about that. Moses had vision 40 years before, but it wasn't time yeah. until he had spent 40 years as a physical shepherd. Mm -hmm. Imagine what he learned out there in that wilderness leading those sheep around because he's about to spend another 40 years leading some sheep around and, and they probably bite harder. So yeah. there's, he probably learned a whole lot. God had to get him prepared. And um, Kevin said earlier, he said the general rule of foundations, and I really like this, is that the footings beneath, uh, the footings are twice as wide and twice as thick as the foundation. Yeah. So you'll have a footing there. And it, it's, in other words, a lot of the growth is underground that people don't see. But see, our pride wants people to see things. Yeah. Our fleshly pride wants people to see things. But God has a plan. And so well, a lot of times we'll have vision and people will just jump on it, jump on it, jump on it instead of wait for the Lord. Yeah. So I'll give you some more examples of that in a minute. Well, what, what comes up to me is, you know, I personally, I love talking about vision. I, I enjoy it. Like it's something I would just like to sit down with pastors for hours and talk about what do you see happening? But Hey Tyra, good to see you. Hi bro. <laughs> so good to have you on with us. But here, here's a lot of why at first I liked talking about vision is because I, I we talked about identity yesterday your identity in Jesus is already set and established. Yeah. And a lot of time people, I did this, will find their identity in a vision. Like, I am called to be this, and that's what makes them feel special. It's what makes them feel important. They think, you know, once the vision is birthed, I'm going to be like, and they'll just name off the people yeah. that are their role models. But God's already determined that you are of value. Yeah. So, Here's, here's why I say this, because I know after having spent time with Pastor, when he talks like this, it, it's going to stretch your flesh, <laughs> and it's likely also going to um, have the potential to feel pressure. Well, I don't have a vision for my life personally. God hasn't given me a five-year plan. I don't know what's around the docket yet. What, what about this? What about this? You know, am I not good enough? Like, am I not? Th that's a bunch of junk. That's a bunch of junk. The enemy wants you to focus on what you think you don't have. But here's the thing. You've got vision already laid up for you in this word of God. The word defines who you are and who you're called to be. 
Vision for your life is that you're the head and not the tail. Vision for your life, if you don't know anything extra, is that you're a soul winner, that you're a yeah, disciple yeah. maker, that you lay hands on the sick and you see them recover, that you do greater works than Jesus did. This is vision for you. And whether or not people ever know your name here on the earth, heaven will know your name if you're obedient to him. Because every time you're obedient to what he's called you to do, the angels rejoice. Every soul that's saved, they're rejoicing. They know Kevin just led someone to the Lord. Buddy just led someone to the Lord. Marky yeah. just led someone to the Lord. They know who you are. So vision, it's not what makes or breaks your identity. Your identity is Jesus. Yeah. Period. That's who you you're called to be. And until that's worked out inside of us, we're always going to be pressing and trying to snatch a vision that's yeah. down the pipeline. That's what I used to do is I would try and like squirrel away minutes with pastor by myself and be like, hey, has the Lord told you anything about me yet? Like, has the Lord been talking to you? What's God been saying to you? And like the Lord just told me a couple days ago, you haven't asked him about that in a really long time. Like, Good. considering. And that's what I said too. He's yeah. like, you've gotten more secure with where I have you right now. Yeah. You've learned more of your identity. And so, but until I learned it, yeah. I was so concerned, which when pastor first brought to me that I wasn't going to be leading the youth, I've had vision for youth. My identity was in the youth team. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in Jesus. It was in that team. And so when that, that was I, a very fun conversation. Nope. It wasn't. <laughs> For anyone involved, no, nobody liked that conversation. <laughs> hey, I uh, think you're uh, not going to be in youth for very much longer. Valid. Not exactly. I didn't, I didn't run away, run away. There was just lots of crying and multi-days worth of talking about it. But it's because I had seen a vision. I thought it was mine. I didn't release it back to the Lord. And when the Lord told me I wasn't. And your identity was wrapped up in that vision. Yes. Not you, in him. You thought that your identity and value was wrapped up in how well you did that and if yep. you accomplished what he had shown you. Yes. So. And so when pastor told me this isn't what I believe the Lord's got yeah. for you down the pipeline, it was immediately a condemnation of I failed God. I failed God. Like, that's literally one of the thoughts. I yeah. failed God. He gave me this vision. It's never happened. So pastor has to hand it over to Paul, who's more equipped and able and skilled, and I suck. Where the progression of thoughts that came in, I suck was definitely a very prevalent one that was <laughs> rotating in the queue. Um, but it's because my identity was so, I'd gripped it in. I'd gripped that sure. vision. It was, it was mine. I, I didn't let it be God's. It was mine. And then when the Lord through you asked me to give it to him and crucify yeah. it and kill it, oh my gosh, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done because I needed to completely surrender myself to him and let him take me to the place of humility that I hadn't gone to before. Yeah. And it was, it was an opportunity. But what would have happened if Abraham hadn't allowed the vision of the nations to be put in, a, in that place where yeah. God says crucify it? Is the vision yours or is the vision God's? Is yeah. the vision yours or is the vision God's? Because if it's God's, you'll do whatever it takes to make that thing come to pass. If it's me, if it's you, if it's Jim Bob down the street, I don't care how it comes to pass. Yeah. Make it come to pass. 
put me behind the scenes for the rest of my life praying and I'll be fine with that because I'll know I've done my part. Make me clean the bathrooms. Ask me to do that. I'll do it. Have me never talk to in front of a group. But if I am a person who's smiling at the door of my church, if I'm working in my school, wherever you've called me to be, I'm going to be that the best I can. When it becomes his the what truly doesn't matter, like yeah. other than the when. You know, whatever he asks of you, okay, fine, great, yeah. I'll do it because your vision matters to me more than the vision I birthed in myself. Hey, Tyra, that's a good question. We'll answer that in just one second. So can, finishing up with this is many people find their identity and their value in the vision or even in the church where they're planted. But your identity and value is actually set yeah. in the price that Jesus paid for your life. See, I am I am valuable and my identity is child of God. Yeah. And child of God is greater than any other thing. Lord, I'm yours. Remember what Jesus said, don't you know, don't celebrate that you cast out this devil. Celebrate that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah. Right. And so you start to see this is what gives me that value. This is what gives, you know, this is what gives me that identity yeah. is you, Lord, being in your family, being, you know. And so he can give me a bunch of different visions. Matter of fact, if I marry myself too much to one vision, when he tries to promote me to another one, I'm going to have a hard time with it. Yeah. And I and I've. I've faced that as well. You know, it's you have to make sure because God always is taking you to increase. He's always taking you to greater things. Some things are seen by the world as greater, and some things are seen by God as greater. Yeah. Um, I remember reading about uh, you know Brother Hagen. He was in one of the books we were just reading. I think it was the Triumphant Church, and he said we had a group of of people at the church that knew how to pray down yeah. heaven. And I thought, my goodness, how valuable is a group of people yeah. that knows how to bring heaven to earth. And I was thinking, I want that group. I yeah. want a group like that all the time around that I can say, hey, we need this prayed for right yeah. now. We need heaven to touch earth right now. How valuable. But who knew those people's names? I don't know their names. Mm -hmm. You don't know their names. And so what's more valuable? Their, their value is found in their obedience to God as yeah. a child of God and being in their place. So sometimes a vision that you, that you make, you put in the wrong time or you don't know the when of the vision, uh, when we have that vision and we have to have it be ours, you know, what if God has given me vision that I pass on to you or I pass on to somebody else? Is it wasted? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why is it that every part of my vision, I've got to be the one that brings it across? Do you realize how limiting that is? Yeah. God could actually give me vision that I could start preaching and imparting, and I could have 30 ministers that now catch a vision for something they're going to do, yeah. not something I'm going to do. And was it important that I heard the vision and then I passed it on in preaching, in the foolishness of preaching? So, you know, it's very important for us to recognize that vision, we need vision. 
You know, how can, you know, how can two walk together unless they agree? Agree on what? On the vision that's written down and make, make plain. So we've been talking all this year about thinking bigger, increase, and vision. Vision is very important, but sometimes we marry ourselves to a vision. It has to be at a certain time. It has to be for me, and we actually limit what that vision is called to do. Yeah. And we limit ourselves in that work as well. So, amen. Serena says, you guys are speaking to me today. Glory to God. So, Tyra, let's look at that. She, she said, how can we be sure of vision, and what does he show us first? Uh, so, the question that I would say is, you know, what, what type, the vision that we're talking about today, it, I mean, you can receive it in a vision that you would see, like a prophetic vision. Uh, but we're talking about a vision for what you're doing for your life, what the plan is for your life, uh, what's, what has God given you as that plan. He yeah. knows the plans he has for us to prosper us and to give us a future and a hope and not for calamity, for us to fare well or for welfare. Um, one of, that's the kind of vision that we're talking about. But it can actually come as a physical vision that right. we see supernaturally. And I've had that multiple times. I actually, you know, I was, Buddy and I were talking yesterday and we were talking about, it, it was funny when you said, you know, I kept asking you, what are you seeing for me? What are you seeing for me? Right? And uh, we, it reminds me of our conversation yesterday because he was saying, you know, I keep asking, I keep asking you this, you know, and, and I was so like. I'm so sorry, buddy. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, he, he did <laughs> And uh, so we were having a conversation and he, he was asking me, I said, the bigger question is, why are you asking me? You know, which is, you've Those heard that. You've response. heard that before. Like, why are you, why do you keep asking me? Anytime like, I get that, what's I'm like, pushing that? crud, I'm yeah. asking wrong, <laughs> or but, for the wrong reason. So yes, you know, I was telling him yesterday, this Sunday, actually, I, I'm here at church, worship, you know, is happening, and the Lord tells me to stay in your office. Like, don't go out, stay in your office, I need to talk to you. Okay, I sit down in my chair, I just start, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost, and the Lord starts to speak to me. And what he gives me on Sunday is the win. I've had a vision for, you know, it's a part of a bigger vision over years and years and years, but specifically for a couple of years. He gave me a vision a couple of years ago. I wanted to jump on it. I didn't uh, wisely by taking it to the leaders in my life, and I didn't jump on it. But on Sunday, he gave me the win. He showed me when. He yeah. showed me what to do. Well, now I have the win. Now I know what to do, and I know when to do it. You know, And so it's one of those things where, it's, praise God, because that's going to bless a lot of people in the ministry. Uh, but to be sure, we want to pray it out. One time, Tyra, to answer your question, uh, my pastor came to me because... When you're talking about how to be led, which Buddy put the uh, link up earlier, but when you're talking about how to be led by God, you've got to hear two things, the what and the when. All the other details are optional, but you must know what to do and hear the what. I also must hear the when, but most people only hear the what and then go, and they misunderstand that in immaturity. All right, but when you're being led by God, God can start to speak to you like in a still, small voice. So he mm -hmm. speaks to us in our spirit. And we start to get clarity on that. How do you get clarity on it? You pray it out. You, every time you think of it, you pray in the Holy Ghost. And it's like the Lord defines it. Or it's almost like on a camera where it's out of focus. And 
then it focuses in. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of times how vision will come. That's how leading will come. That's how the words of God will come is uh, God will give you kind of a big picture and then he'll zoom in to one point or he'll give you a big picture that's out of focus. And then all of a sudden as you pray out the mysteries of God by praying in the spirit, it'll come into focus. Now, the other thing they can do to bring that into focus is when you submit to people that God has planted you with. So your pastor, uh, spiritual leaders in your life, uh, parents, actually. Parents carry an anointing to speak into your life. Even if they're not spiritual, they still carry that anointing because it's a gifting of God for every parent to every child. So if my parents call and they tell me something, i listen to it. You know, I will listen. I, even if they've not been walking the way that holy like they need to, I listen to what they say. Why? Because they have an anointing to oversee my life. Even though I'm a grown man and pastoring a church, if my mom or dad says something, I listen to it and I pay attention. I'm, what am I doing? I'm honoring them and I'm going to live long because of it in Jesus' name. And um, so... <laughs> You want to pay attention. If you want vision to know that it's from the Lord, you want to hone in on that. You want to pray in the Holy Ghost to define it, to focus it. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to take your time with it. Don't just run with the first thing. That's what yeah. an immature person does. They run with the first you know, thing that they hear. No, make sure you know that you know. So one time I was talking to Pastor Gene. And uh, I was saying, I think the Lord's told me to do this, and I'm just wondering what I should do with it. And uh, I said, he said, you think he's talked to you about that? I said, yeah. And um, he said, how sure are you? I said, well, maybe 50-50. He said, well, if you're only 50-50, you hadn't heard from the Lord. And I went, I knew as soon as he said it, like, he's right. Like, I want to go do <laughs> what I want to do, but yeah. he's right. He's right. And, and praise God, I listened to him. But what he was saying, it's not that I don't know the direction of the Lord. It's not that I don't have a vision of the Lord. Yeah. The issue is I don't have it focused fully yet. So he wasn't telling me that I hadn't heard completely. He was yeah. saying there's some focus you don't have. And so, for example, on Sunday... You know, what I, and I still need to take it to the people that I'm connected with as well. And, um, but on Sunday, I literally took, I, I said, oh, this now, the vision he gave me two years ago, I just waited for the word and it focused in. Yeah. I want to give you a really, really important point here uh, that's very important about vision and what do you do with it. So all of a sudden I had vision. But now, because I waited to hear from the Lord, it focused. Yeah. And once it focused, okay, now I see it more, much more clear. Now I see exactly what needs to happen, how it needs to happen. And now I can move with confidence instead of moving with questions. See, when we focus, put this in the comments, when we focus in on vision, we can move with confidence instead of question marks. Yeah. Okay? instead of questions. So one of the things is when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we focus vision. When we counsel with the people God's planted us with, we focus in on vision. When we wait on the Lord for clarity, we focus in with vision. And I want you to see, why do most people not wait? 
They don't trust that God's going to do it, or they don't trust their ability to hear, yep. right? Or they f have a fear that they're going to miss it. They don't trust that they're not going to miss something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like me when I was a little kid and I didn't want to go to bed because I felt like I was going to miss something important. You take that same emotion from a child into it and feel like I'm going to miss it if I don't do it right yeah. now. You're going to miss it if you don't get focused on it. Yeah. In other words, it's time to focus the vision. Once you have vision, the beginning vision, it's time to focus it and let and watch. Not just you focus it. See, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm not focusing the vision. God's focusing yep. the vision. God's focusing. So here's what most people don't like to do. They, they'll see vision far off, right? They'll see vision far off. And they think, okay, in order to build that, and let's say, let's just use a building, okay? Let's say that this building is 100 stories tall. So my vision is 100 stories tall. So they say, man, I need to make that happen. If I don't jump on it now, it's, I won't ever get it accomplished. I don't have enough right. time in my life right. to get it accomplished. What are they saying? They're saying, if I don't build the house, God can't. Well, that's incorrect. With God, all things are possible. If I haven't heard from the Lord to break out of the ground, the what and the when, I'm building the house, and it'll never be the quality, the size, the manifestation, the fruit that it would be with God. If I haven't heard from God, see, if he's building the house, I must wait till I have focus what to do and when to do it, yeah. or else I'm the builder. I don't ever want to be the builder. I want him to be the builder, which means I must let God tell me when. And here's the beauty of it. This is what most people I've found, and, I, and I've been in the same boat, haven't trusted the Lord on. They don't trust that one day there's no building and no foundations, and the next day there can be a 100-story sky rise. Yeah. They don't trust that God can do it. And so a lot of times what happens when you see people that are actually successful, it looks like nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. How did he get so high, mm -hmm. right? And what happens is they heard the vision, they prayed it out, they were obedient step by step until all of a sudden they turn a corner one day and there's the miracle. Think, right. think about Joseph, right, in the dungeon. Joseph has the blessing on him. Right. He's in Potiphar's house. He's blessed. He gets put in charge of things. He gets thrown in jail. He's blessed. He gets put in charge of the whole jail. All of a sudden, he goes from the dungeon to the throne. Mm -hmm. From the dungeon to the throne in one day. One day from the dungeon to the throne. Yeah. That's what God can do. God can take you. He can literally put something in your hands just like that. But many people don't trust it. So when they get vision, they feel like they've got to jump on it, make it happen, hustle. And God hadn't told them to do that yet. Yeah. So they, I'm not telling you not to work hard. I'm just saying don't jump in until you know the when. And that's where a spiritual leader will really help. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of stuff and it just kind of evaporated. But I know. I, I know that feeling. It's like remember that. <laughs> I, like, I had a bunch of them, but 
See, the Lord desires to give you a vision for your yeah. life, and he understands how to speak your language. God made you. Like, he made yeah. you. He knows how you think. He knows how you talk. He knows yes. how you receive information. And, you know, we have a class here at Impact University that Pastor um, has taught. He's allowed me to teach it. It's one of my favorites, talking about destiny. God understands how to communicate to you. Yeah. So the, it's, I did this where I just, I was so concerned that I wouldn't be able to hear from God. And what I was doing is I was putting myself in the director position. Yeah. Like I was making myself the source. I can't hear. I, I won't be able to hear my, and it was like I, his mercy would cannot yeah. overcome your pitfall. Yeah. yeah. And it was all I, I, yeah. I, I can't do this. I'm fearing this. And think about this. So that is such a big and important point. What character in the Bible didn't have the weaknesses that were literally life-killing weaknesses? Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Besides Jesus, which character actually became somebody great without the mercy of God? Yeah. Nobody. Mm -mm. All of them had major issues. Mm -mm. Major issues. And the mercy of God was stronger. And where you or I or you have not been up to par, yeah. God's mercy will help you. So don't make it just about, let's not make it just about us yeah. and what we can't do. Let's put trust in God to help our relationship and our fellowship to hear what we need. So. But here's how vision's going to come through that mercy, but it's going to come through intimacy with him. You know, think of David, David who became great King David, the lineage where Jesus came from. Yeah. He was a shepherd boy. He was taking care of the lambs. He was out in the field worshiping. <laughs> That's what he did. Who was David when he killed Goliath? He was the messenger yeah. boy bringing meat, like bread and cheese to yeah. his brothers. Like he was serving. He was a servant. Yeah. But through that intimacy with God, when he heard, when he heard the blasphemy going against him, the intimacy with God rose up in yes. him and said, I won't allow this to stay. Yes. And his intimacy put him in a position that catapulted his destiny that would have yeah. never been there without the intimacy. Had he not known his Lord, he wouldn't have been able to be in that position. Right. He would have kept his mouth shut. But intimacy with God is what positions us. It's what develops character. The whole time that Joseph is at Potiphar's house and he's in the prison, he's in the jail cell, the Lord is establishing a character in Joseph. Yeah. When he got that dream, he was a kid. Yeah. He was a child. And obviously Jesus was a child like when he was in the temple teaching, but this was a child that had like a corrupted flesh and all yeah. this other stuff and had it moved from Joseph at 11 years old, received this vision and oh, tomorrow he's in charge of the nation. You know, if I put Luke in charge of Albemarle, there's going to be a lot of ice cream yeah. shops and lots of Fortnite stuff, but godliness, he'll get there eventually. Like he'll get there, yeah. you know, but God allowed Joseph to go through a period where his character was developed to such a degree that when God was able to open the door for him, his character kept him in the room. Yeah. Well, think about Joseph in the story of Joseph. What got him in trouble in the first place? Pride. 
sharing his vision early. Early. <laughs> yes. Instead he of about it. he instead of <laughs> he should have gone to his dad mm -hmm. only. But no, he felt like I've got to share what God is going to make me. In yep. other words, he thought that vision was for then. Yep. He thought it was for right then. It's time to release it. It's time to release the vision. That's immaturity. You know the first thing you ever asked me to do when I moved here? Do you remember? <laughs> no. The very first thing you ever asked me to do here was watching Pastor Robert Morris's um, series from Dream to Dest or from Dream to Destiny, all about Joseph. And as you said that, the Lord's like, "Did you pay enough attention to the character building part of this whole thing, or did you just think you were going to be Jesus or Joseph?" Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was a fun moment of the Lord being like, eh, we should have paid attention better. <laughs> I watched it, but I just didn't. <laughs> I missed that how, whole purpose. How many things do like our pastors ask us to do? And we're like, oh, yeah, that's great. I watched it. But we didn't get it. We didn't, we didn't get didn't what get we should have. No. <laughs> didn't get the point. I really yeah. enjoyed the last sermons. Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> but no, like. I mean, that right there, that's vision that you had at that point for my life almost eight years ago of this at some point could be that's an issue point. for Barrett. Barrett needs to give herself to this and this will help her. And it did help me, but had I esteemed it, you know, back would've then. It would have helped you earlier. It would have. And I would have asked more questions. Yeah. But at that point, I was so fearful of asking questions because it went again back to the whole identity yeah. thing. I thought the more questions I asked, the more likely holes are going to be shot through it. And it's probably not God. And But is it going to make me less important? What What's Pastor going to think or what's yeah. Pastor Nicole going to think when they realize I'm some young peon in the faith who has no real vision for her life other than it's going to be good? That's literally, I had so much fear about that. Sure. And the Lord's helped. But your pastor, your spiritual leader, they're going to have vision for your life. When you make small statements of, that would be a good idea to do that. I take note, because there have been plenty of times I've realized, okay, last story and then I'm done. I remember being at Southwest Believers Convention with you and Pastor Nicole, the girls, Luke, and uh, Miss Nancy. And there was one day where Abby had an elephant shirt and you had made a slight suggestion for her to wear it. And I don't remember, I don't remember if she did or didn't, but I, rem I remember she wasn't planning on it, at least. Like, I don't want to wear this shirt today. I want to wear this one. And you had made a slight, it, that would be a good shirt to wear. Yeah. And we ended up being around somebody who owned, like, that elephant farm oh, yeah. in Africa and whatnot. And later, I remember you saying, that whole, the whole statement of it would be a good idea. That was actually the Lord talking. Yeah. It was something so small, but like yeah. that connection was established. I think she did obey. I, I think because she was obedient to a small directive. When, yeah. when your leader makes a small statement of that would be a good way to do that. Or well, sometimes so. they don't even realize that that's, yeah. that, that was the Lord. They'll have a thought and that, you know, that was the Lord speaking because they're just walking in a flow. And that was one of those days. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happens all the time, but people don't esteem those things. And because they don't esteem them, you know, uh, the well, other day, vision. it is vision. It's vision for their life because they have an anointing to oversee. You know, the other day, Luke did something, and uh, Nicole's helping to teach him now because I, Luke was going to wear something. I said, I don't think I would wear that. And he didn't listen. 
And um, it wasn't like I told him not to. It was a suggestion, yeah. which is a lot of what the Lord does with us. It's a lot and, of what pastor does too. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and he didn't pay attention. It ended up, you know, not going well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nicole said, you know, if Dad's, daddy says something, you should probably listen to it. And he's got a reason for saying it, which is true. And um, a lot of times I've found that that's the Holy Ghost actually giving instruction. And sometimes I, I recognize it as this is God, and sometimes I don't. It's just the, that anointing. And that was one of those moments where I, I don't remember hearing this is the Lord on that, but I do remember that situation. It was, you know, the Lord was actually trying to connect something there, yeah. and it was important. Yeah. And that happens all the time. So Kevin said earlier, he said, uh, intimacy with God is what positions us. It develops character. And yeah. Kevin Nowicki says perseverance from Romans 5. Perseverance breeds character. I love what Jolney says right here. Think if Joseph had to work his own way to become a leader in Egypt, no less. He would have never gotten there building his own house. Exactly right. We have to. In other words, we can't do yeah. what God can do. And so we should see ourselves as, I can't build my own house. I won't build my own house. Lord, you've got to give me that direction. Yeah. And if you'll give me direction, I'll, I'll be obedient to whatever it is you say, no matter how logical or illogical, whether it looks like it's wasting time or not, I will do what you tell me to do. So think about Peter when Jesus tells him, go down there, um, Sorry, Marky's comment made me laugh. She said, was you using me as an example multiple times last night of how to not eat one of those hints? <laughs> <laughs> we had impact last night, and Pastor was using Marky as an example. If the Holy Ghost is talking to you, Marky, I'm just saying. <laughs> that sounds like conviction to me. I'm not saying that my words were that, but <laughs> I'd love to see your face right now. <laughs> That would be fun. It would be. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying. Just like that, all the snack food it, goes well, out from her desk. If you think about it, that um, if if you have the Lord actually defining things, I've got to have Him building it, which means I must hear His ways of doing it. I yeah. can't do this on my own. We've got to make it non-optional for us to build our own house, yeah. to do it any other way but hearing his directive. And, I, and I've learned this, that let, like the vision I'm talking about earlier. He gave me a vision a couple of years ago, and I thought it was for then, but then I pretty quickly put it on the table because I talked to my leaders and meditated on, on that, prayed it out, and I, I could tell, all right, this is a vision, but it's not for now. Praise the Lord. And I, and I basically learned what to do. And I haven't, I have thought about it. Yeah. And when I think about it, I just pray in the Holy Ghost. But basically, I don't have any responsibility until he tells me something. Yeah. So in other words, until he gives me a win, my only responsibility is to pray in the Holy Ghost and thank him for vision. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. What do you want me to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So remember, it's in every word of God where provision is. Yeah. You know, his word is a carrier of all supernatural provision. And put that in the comments. God's word is a carrier of all supernatural provision. So if I don't have his word, I've got nothing to do. Yeah. 
right? Except for what he's already told me to do, which even going back last week, what has he told us to do? He's told us to be in fellowship with him and intimate fellowship with him. He's told us to grow ourselves, right? And, and he's told us to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So those three things every believer should always be doing 100% of the time, be in intimate fellowship with him, grow ourselves, and produce the fruit of the kingdom, right? Yeah. Win souls, make disciples, walk in supernatural power, walk in supernatural revelation, and the fruit of the Spirit. So we should always be walking in those things. If we will do those things, vision will come, timing will come, and God will build the house. And then I don't have to do anything extra on vision until he tells me what and when. And when he tells me the what and the when, now I have a supernatural provision to bring it to pass. It always works. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have that, it's like if you ever find yourself and it's just like a struggle and it is hard and it's not working, there is not a flow to it, right? If you ever find yourself in that, that is an indicator that it's not easy and light and it's an indicator that something is off or, and, and so... Let me give you an example of that. When we're building the church, especially the first few years, it didn't feel easy and light. It wasn't that we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. Some people would say, well, you're not supposed to be there. And we examined that. Like, are we supposed to be here? And the answer was always, yes, keep going. The issue there for it not being easy and light was not that we were being disobedient in what we were doing. The issue was we were carrying the weight of it and we were the ones building it, not him. In other words, we were doing the right thing, but we were carrying the worry, carrying the anxiety, carrying the cares, and we needed to roll those cares over onto the Lord. That was what was off. And so, but we were laying foundation. And in order to build the vision that God had given me, it took a big foundation. A lot of people couldn't see that. And a lot of people couldn't stay there for a long period of time. It tested their flesh, and their flesh was not strong enough to carry the weight of that vision, yep. and they're not here anymore. And, and I hate that. That's one of the worst things for me as a pastor because I want to see people that sowed into vision and worked for vision, I want to see them harvest the vision, you know. But that takes perseverance. Yeah. That takes perseverance. By faith and patience we inherit the promises of God, faith and patience. So we must believe, we must put work to that belief, and we must apply patience to that faith in order to inherit them. Yeah, and don't be afraid, the pastor said this over the last week or so, but don't be afraid to push the vision to the side, throw it away. See, if it's the Lord today, you know, I was talking to Arabella. That's a great point. Arabella was on here earlier, and she sent me a Vox the other day of, I have this idea, is this me or is this God? And I was walking her through, you know, how to be led and things like that. And one of the things I brought up is what you say. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. Yes. You know, on on this supernatural life that we're living, the Holy Spirit's not the only spirit on that highway. You know, there's other, there's bias, there's your flesh, there's demonic influence, there's all this stuff that's trying to talk to you. And so just because it comes up in your head doesn't mean that it's God. So, you know, when I first started praying and the Lord started talking to me more, one of the things you told me is as you're learning to discern the voice of God, drop it. 
Just keep seeking his face. Yeah. Keep seeking his face. And if he brought it up to you, he'll bring it up to you again. Yeah. He's big enough and he loves us enough to do that. Yeah. He's a merciful God and he's gentle. Yes. You know, we get so focused on God's, uh, God, Jesus is a lion of Judah and the, you know, the violent taketh by yeah. force and all this stuff that a lot of times we miss how gentle and compassionate God is. Yeah. And he's merciful, and he'll take his time with us. And a lot of times the devil is trying to get you to fear yeah. that if you if you don't take this right now and do something about it, yeah. then you are dishonoring God by not handling vision correctly. Let me, let me put you at ease. The best thing you can do with what you perceive is God's vision to you is to test the vision. Yeah. Doesn't he tell us to test the spirits? So that doesn't just go with like what we see, oh, that's a demon, you know, or that person. No, testing the spirits is also testing the words yeah. that you think you get. So that, that's what God's told us. That's how he tells us to honor it. So how do you test that, right? How do you make sure that this is from the Lord? You pray it out. You're willing to yeah. put it on the altar. And what I use is an is a example of this. If you put it on the altar and the fire of God burns it up, yep. then it wasn't of God. But if you put it on the altar and it stays and it remains, the fire of God doesn't burn it up but lights it up. It becomes bigger. It becomes stronger. That's of God. Yeah. And that is one of the best things you can do is test that vision. And this is what I found is you know, when you're saying, Lord, I'm just going to throw this away because I'm making sure it's from you, the Lord loves that. The yeah. Lord honors that. He's not mad at you for making sure. He doesn't want you wasting time either. And he recognizes we have a flesh. We can miss it. There's, you know, not trying to miss it, but uh, odds are our flesh is going to tempt us to miss it at some time. Yeah. And the odds are most people will miss it at some point. God would rather you not waste time and test that vision. Yeah. But then once you know it's from God, honor it. Yeah. But if it's not from God, keep testing it till you know for sure this is God or it's not. And then you want to hear the timing of it. Yeah. So the devil really tries to fear people into either not doing vision or doing it too quickly. And, and one of the things that I've said is this over, over the years is the first thing the devil tries to do is to get you uh, to not connect with God, not come into the family of God. If he can't stop you from entering into the family of God and hearing the message of the gospel, if he can't stop you from that, then what he'll do is he'll try to get you to be a backslidden Christian and leave the Lord or leave the family of God. Yeah. If he can't get you to do that, he just wants you to be lukewarm, non-productive. If he can't stop you from being lukewarm, then he'll try to get you to be too on, on fire and burn yep. yourself out. Yep. And, and be a bad testimony. I see a bunch of Christians, they'll fall either in the ditch of being too lukewarm or they'll completely burn themselves out and they die early or they, they actually have a, a moral failure yeah. because they were so tired they were making bad judgment decisions. Yeah. You know? So I, that's what the devil does. He tries to actually put us into one of those ditches and so he'll do that with the vision. He'll try to fear us. He'll say, hey, God's told you this. You better get on it. You better get on it. You better. And it's the devil and our flesh. It's not the Lord. Yeah. And so that happens all the time. I watch people fall for that. Again, that's why you want somebody with experience 
of vision. You want somebody with experience, a big vision of yep. the wisdom of the Lord to help and give you guidance on those things. Well, as as you were talking, what it reminded me of was, look, I, I get that some of this stuff can feel interesting to your flesh, but, you know, I'm not Jesus, but like Jesus could empathize. I can empathize if you're hearing this, and you're like, I don't really want to submit my vision. I, when George and I were getting married, I, this was probably one of um, my top 10 favorite moments with pastor. This was probably on there, um, was when George and I were getting married, two, three months before we got married, George thought that he had heard from God that we were supposed to move to Texas when we got married. And all of a sudden, everything seemed topsy-turvy. And there was one day where George, like George was set on, we are yeah. moving to Texas. And I talked with pastor. I'm like, what do I do? Like, we're getting married. This is happening. And you told me, you need to check with God to make sure you heard that you're supposed to marry George. You need to check. And we're two, three months out from getting married. Like, this is September, and we got married in November. Make sure you're not in just emotions and yeah. you got duped. Yeah, you need, and he said it more, like strongly, you need to know that you know that you know that you know that you know. And I didn't love that, but I did it. Like, I genuinely went to God. I'm like, I will end it right now. Like George and I, and I told George, I'm like, I'm praying about this. That's good. And George, I'm pretty sure prayed about it again too. And what it reminds me of is the verse in Isaiah, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. In order to fulfill vision, you've got to have yeah. strength from the Lord to do it. Which means that if the Lord says, wait, you're going to renew your strength in that. And what happened is the Lord said, yes, you're supposed to get married. We circled back with you guys. You both still had the peace of God for us to get married. The first year and a half of our marriage required some strength. It required it because there was stuff we didn't know down the pipeline. And had I not been certain that I was certain that I was certain if that I was certain. had had resolve. Had I not had the resolve yeah. of God on the fact that our marriage was ordained and orchestrated by God himself, yeah. we wouldn't be married. One of us would have fled by that point, by year one's end. One of us would have left. But we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew it was God. And because of that, we didn't quit when yeah. it felt difficult. And yeah. when you know that God has spoken something to you, you're not going to easily drop it. You're going to cling on to that thing. But you've got to wait to know for sure this is God. Yeah. Amen. Corey said this. He said, I don't remember where I got the statement, but it's on my desk. The Lord will tell you what you are to do. Then you pray out the how and the when to do it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's very good. So what do you do when you have vision? You have vision, now what? Test it. Yeah. Test it. Hear the when before you jump all in. Mm -hmm. Hear the when before you jump all in. Yeah. And uh, it's very important for us to understand that and to see that. And we're praying for you. We want to see your vision Amen. that God has for your life come to pass. Whether you know it yet or not, we want uh, your vision to happen. We want, uh, <laughs> Johnny said, I've heard something about this resolve before. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, anytime you're making a, um, anytime you're making a big life-changing decision, which 
even vision is. You know, you can be in the middle of, you know, leading youth and God gives you new vision to go do something. That's going to change your life if you're given to that vision. Yeah. You need to make sure, you need to know that you know that you heard because you're going to hit a place, you're going to hit a place where it's going to be challenged. If it's vision from God, the devil's not going to leave it alone. He's going to challenge it. And he won't challenge it with love. He'll challenge it with all hatred. Yeah. And, you know, he'll challenge it with evil. And if you don't know that you know and have resolve on it, then, you know, that's not something to fear. The devil can't do anything about somebody who knows who they are in Christ. He, he can try. He can form weapons, but the Lord will kick them over. But you need to have resolve because what he'll challenge is your thinking towards that vision. Yeah. And so it's very, very important for us to know. So we're believing God that whether you know the vision that God has for you right now or not, that whatever that vision is, whatever the plans that God has, it's going to come to pass. We're praying for you, for your strength, for your joy, for your peace. Yeah. And uh, however we can help you, let us know. If we can agree with you in prayer, go to whatsright.com. Send, you know, send us a message. Yeah. And uh, we are here as a resource for you and believing in you. And uh, we just praise God. I'm excited to hear testimonies of your vision Amen. that God's bringing to pass. I'm watching, you know, uh, Holly. I'm looking forward to watching the vision for Holly's life come to pass. For Joni, uh, for Marky, for Buddy, for Kevin, the the Kevins, and uh, for you know, for Corey. Yeah. I'm excited, you know, for uh, Tyra. I'm excited for that vision to come to pass. I want to see it. I want to see. I want to be there when you're standing in front of the Lord and he says, well done, yeah. good and faithful servant. Good and faithful to what? The vision yeah. that he had for you. The vision that he had for your life. And so Father, right now, let us just see your vision. Yeah. Let it be clear and let it be plain. Lord, we just ask you for wisdom. And Lord, with that, with that vision, Father, let that vision not only be clear, but, Lord, let the timing of it be clear. Let them see. Let them go through the steps to test it. Let them go through those steps to make sure that it's you. And, Father, bring it to pass. Strengthen them with all your might to bring it to pass in Jesus' name. If you receive that, just put some hands up in the comments right now. I receive yeah. vision and the plan and the provision in Jesus' name. Lord, let them receive it now in Jesus' name. Bring a big vision yeah. to them Thank and you. bring that big vision to pass. Lord, let them increase in the name of Jesus. Let us increase now in Jesus' name. Let us increase now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let us not be derailed to the left or to the right, but head straight on into the great plans that you have for us. Lord, let, let timing not derail us. Let details not derail us. Let attacks and weapon formed not derail us, Lord, but let us stay on the path, run in the race in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your strength and joy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, as always, we uh, sow the amen. Thank you, Tyra. She said great advice and message. We love you. 
uh, as always, you know, we sow this message into the world every single day. And uh, if you feel led of the Lord to sow into getting that good news out, helping other people fulfill their vision, truthfully, we are doing more today than we've ever done before. Yeah. God is blessing it. He is increasing it. If you would like to sow into that, be a part of it. Be a partner with us. Uh, you can go to giveww.org. You can give in different ways there. You can give by Cash App or on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is hashtag donate followed by the amount. Text to give, PayPal, all that stuff's on your screen right now if you would like to give. Cash App is giveww. That's the cash tag. That always sounds funny to me. I cash didn't tag. know it was a real word and that cash it tag. wasn't our handle until I looked. I yeah. thought it was just cash tag giveww. Cash tag. <laughs> cash tag. Sounds interesting. <laughs> Holly says, I receive vision yeah. and the plan. Amen. Well, oh yeah, there you go. You can give my Bitcoin. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, as we were praying, something pastor says often Thank you, is God. that the Lord is looking for any spiritual loophole to get his goodness to you. Yeah. Your seed today is a seed that legally allows God to get the goodness of God into you because you're partnering with him. Yeah. You're sowing into him. And when you yeah. sow, when you plant a seed, you're going to reap in you're going to reap the Lord. Yeah. So today, allow him just with a crack of the door. All yeah. he needs is a crack of the door. And all of a sudden, God can come in bigger than you ever expected That's him right. to. So when you're sowing today, sow in faith, knowing that maybe it's smaller than what you would like to sow. Maybe all you've got is a quarter. But God's saying, yeah. it's all I want. I'm not asking you for more. I'm asking you for what you've got. Yeah. What you have today is what I'm asking for. Now, let me get my more to you. Yeah. That's what he wants. Not for us. Like we, we could care if you so accept that you're obedient to our Lord. We don't need your seed. We need you to be obedient so that yeah. God's goodness can get to you. And when you're sowing, expect that goodness yeah. to get to you. Expect that blessing because that's who he is and exceedingly abundantly beyond God. Yes, amen. One of the greatest thoughts that I have, and I, I've been meditating on it a little bit more recently, is that uh, a forest of oaks yeah. is in one acorn. Yeah. And so one acorn would not be seen as worth very much, but yet in that is the next oak tree with all the acorns it produces, which has the forest in it yeah. beyond that. Um, so in one acorn, it doesn't look like much. You can jumpstart your harvest by planting uh, what the Lord tells you, whether it's little or big, you just have to be obedient. Yeah. See, obedience will multiply that supernaturally. Yeah. Let's hear from the Lord and be obedient in that way. And I'll tell you, anybody that's watching this, we've been talking about increased vision and seeing further, seeing bigger uh, leadership things and thoughts that you need to know to increase and fulfill the destiny that God has for you. We've been talking about that now for weeks since this new year began, and it has been powerful. The Lord's been pouring out. If you haven't watched some of that, make sure that you go and watch some of that right now. Just, just jump right into the next video. There'll be links on YouTube, I believe it is, and they'll put up different things and 
uh, make sure, just jump into it. You need to feed yourself on the biblical food and yeah. biblical nutrition of increase and big vision in order to fulfill what God has for your life. To whom much is given, much is required. You've been given everything in Jesus, and you are made in His unlimited nature and likeness and image. You are made in His likeness and nature and in His image that's unlimited. Yeah. So what's in you? A lot. It's heavenly, it's eternal, and it's big, and God wants you to walk it out. So don't be limited by what the world has taught you about yourself, Amen. but be unlimited by what the things that the Lord has talked about you. He's got some plans that are above all that you can ask or think, far more abundantly beyond all that you can ask or think, and He won't support out in your life, but you've got to feed yourself on that word. So watch some of those videos, and uh, we love you so very much. Before we, uh, before we go, we'll do one more thing, but we just love you so much. I'm glad you were here today. Amen. Can we pray over the offering? Yes, yes, do Amen. that. Lord, thank you. Thank you for every seed yeah. sown. Thank you, Father, for the lives that they represent and the lives beyond what they see right now. Generations will be influenced by today's seed. Yes. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the forest in the acorns. Yes. Thank you, God, for the promise and the potential that each seed holds. In Jesus' mighty name, bless every sower and yeah. bless every seed. Let the seed be pressed down, shaken together, running over. May it return back to them quickly quickly a quick return and a supernatural return to the point that only you can be glorified god we thank you for it we praise you for every sower and every life in jesus name amen amen glory to god we praise god for you it's been a great great day thank you for everybody who sowed that i saw those come through and uh, so amen amen before i came today Yes. I did some very unholy work. Some very important things. <laughs> very Big important. important things. Very important. Um, it's important. Someone's going to laugh. And that <laughs> laugh is joy, which is strength. Pastor's making you strong today. Do they, <laughs> do they have it ready? And uh, so have you, ever, have you ever, like, seen a dad go to the bathroom to blow his nose? Yes, I have. And then this unholy sound comes out of the bathroom. <laughs> Here you go. Did you make that, make that? Yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to hear, you couldn't hear the sound in here. But <laughs> I've thought before, I'm like, what does this sound like? I know what this sounds like. It sounds like the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Let's give it one more go. Ready? This is memes for Marky. <laughs> And the dad walks out like, hey, what's the deal? No problem. You know, I don't know what y'all are talking about. There was no huge, you know, earth-shattering noise that came out of the bathroom. I feel like it happens when you become a dad. Like, it's like it you does. have children. Now your nostrils will play like trumpets. 
It's like a gifting. The mom oh gets the baby, goodness. the dad gets the trumpet nose. <laughs> oh, I've been wanting to make that for months. <laughs> Just for my kids. <laughs> They're like, I sent it to them. They're like, that's the truth. <laughs> Amen. Love you all so very, very much. And uh, we'll see you later. We'll probably cut that part off of the normal video.